This is Under the Dome. Today, we take a look at the top three things you need to know about in North Carolina politics for the week of Monday, August 30th. For the News and Observer, I'm Danielle Battaglia here with Don Vaughn, and we are here to tell you the top three things going on this week at the General Assembly, which, as always, we're waiting on the budget. Um, Don, Don, what are you hearing about that? You are a budget writer and know everything. <laughs> I don't know what secret things they're saying. In the, it's, it's probably not that exciting. It's, but they're, um, the chambers are in the process now of uh, it seems unusual since we're late in the budget process in North Carolina, but that is the usual budget process in North <laughs> Carolina now since the budgets roll over. So, so this is the normal negotiating time between the chambers. So we're we're only about a week into it, but but not really. They started off um, going back and forth with the tax plan. Um, uh, Sane said, uh, Representative Jason Sane, when the approach chair said, um, you know, less than a week ago, uh, I asked Senate Leader Phil Berger after session a few days after that, what, um, you know, is it the tax package that you guys are working on? And he said, yes, but also, um, so it's, they're deciding on amounts of money they want to spend in the SCIF, which is the state capital and infrastructure fund and the rainy day fund. And so they're going back and forth on, on numbers, which is a pretty similar fight that they had earlier in the budget season before even the Senate budget, where they were uh, debating, how much total money to spend. So that's kind of, you know, all our listeners, I would assume, know that both chambers are Republican controlled. So they're pretty similar on generally on policy, uh, but not as much on spending. And the House likes to spend more money in different ways. Um, raises, they're not they're not anywhere near on revealing where they are in raises. Um, as is typical for the chambers, the um, House wants more and the Senate wants less. And But on the reverse of that with tax cuts, the Senate wants more tax cuts and the House wants less tax cuts. So, you know, we're still we're still a couple of weeks out. It's mid, mid-September is their latest uh, goalpost announcement. We'll, we'll see if that happens. And we're at the anniversary of when it all fell apart. Was it last year, two years ago? I believe it was during the I Will Not Yield. Yeah, show. that was that was the morning of September 11th, which got national attention because of the day that that it happened or more called the vote because they had the votes in the chamber because a lot of Democrats weren't there. Um, but that was it was more of the usual typical. This is 2019 of the typical fiscal year fashion of them passing a conference budget and then uh, Governor Cooper vetoing it. And then it was this long, drawn out hot summer of. Um, when are they going to try to override it? And so the House, you know, came to a head on on September 11th, and then the fall was when is the Senate going to call the vote? And that drug out um, for a while, not not as long. And then they decided they didn't have the vote, so they never they never called the vote. So it's funny. I was talking to our editor Jordan Schrader the other day about how that year I would write this same exact paragraph about budget stalemate, budget standoff. This is, it centers on the amount of raises and corporate taxes and Medicaid expansion. And now I feel like I could write 10 graphs in every story that's a different version of that, um, of, of where they are. But but what's different this year is that Cooper is going to have more of a hand in the process. Not yet. The, you know, um, Berger and Moore want to and the budget writers want to come to um, more of the general agreement with each other before they bring him in. But they're going to do that before. That's what they're saying. They they 
pass the budget instead of trying to do it after um, a veto. And he still could veto it. And this could drag out. We just, we don't know yet. But they're, they're trying not to. I think everybody sincerely wants just the budget to be signed into law. Um, but we'll see. Well, and interestingly, I spoke with Representative Sane this morning, and he was telling me that not a lot of work was done on the budget, but also not a lot of compromise was done on the budget between the two um, chambers. But also, I spoke with Ford Porter earlier this week, um, who is the spokesman for Roy Cooper, our governor. And he told me that Speaker Moore and um, and the governor were on the phone this week talking about the budget. And when I asked what they were talking about, he said, I'm not going to comment right now. So I know conversations are happening. I don't know what those conversations are, but um, it sounds yeah. like we are working together at least somewhat right now. Yeah. And, and they've, and Cooper himself and his office has been part, um, part of the process all, all summer long and, and several months. Um, so they, they really are, um, you know, I think genuinely trying to sort they're not going to like everything, you know, um, I asked Sane is the, you know, things, um, rating in Cooper's, you know, emergency power is going to be in there because Cooper doesn't like that. And Sane said, well, there's a lot of things you don't, you don't like, you don't get everything that you want. So we'll see. Um, we'll see if that's in there or not. But I think, and the other thing in the house budget with things like uh, restoring master's pay for teachers, Sane said, is, is signaling to the, to the governor that, that this is something that the house supports. So I would say that the house and the governor are um, closer together on, on things they agree on the budget compared to the Senate. And I feel like, for our listeners that are new to North Carolina politics, because I'm hoping we have some of those, um, it's probably important to note that the House Speaker, at, well, actually, the General Assembly has the majority as Republican uh, lawmakers, and our governor is Democrat. So that's where you see some of the friction going on with budget negotiations. But, you know, just budget negotiations, I think, in any household is probably going to have friction anyway. So I've mentioned, I can't remember if I got this actually in a story or not. Um, I think it, I think it made a story where it's this very Goldilocks and the three bears of the, the hot and cold and just right porridge, you know, and You'll never find that just right. You know? <laughs> and yeah. So like the, the Senate is at one end, you know, the governor is at the, on the budget anyway, the governor is at the other end and the house is in the middle, a little closer to the Senate, but still kind of that, that middle child, you know, just, just right temperature, um, porridge that, that maybe they'll, they'll meet on. I, I, I don't know. And I also tried to, you know, get out of burger, you know, well, if we're looking at house 5% raises and Senate 3%, does that mean we've got 4%? And they're like, no, we're not saying until, until they actually decide. And it really is going to come down to the wire when they announce the, the conference budget which is a weird word calling it the conference budget. It's the compromise budget, but they call it the conference yeah. budget. I would call it compromise. I mean, that's what we're essentially doing if we get there this time. Um, and also, as much as I'm high- highlighting this first, it's important to know we're not going to see the budget this week unless they really want to throw me off and release it early and compromise. But, um, you know, I think it's important to highlight to our listeners that this is going on behind the scenes. And when you can't reach lawmakers, that's probably why, because I've run into that a lot this week or in the last 24 hours trying to get lawmakers on the phone who are discussing the budget and having these phone calls. Um, Another thing I want to touch on this week, which is actually more of a federal international um, issue, but has come up in the North Carolina House is the um, 
Afghan refugees that are trying to come over to America and um, get some help. They, I've been speaking with Speaker Moore actually this morning about an interpreter he talked to. Um, he doesn't remember exactly when, but it was over the summer and just talking about his family that's still over there and how he had helped Americans um, translate when they, when they were dealing with the war over there. And now that we're pulling out, he's worried about his family. He's worried about his friends. He was showing the house speaker and another representative photos of um, being in American uniform and helping our country. So speaker Moore has come out and issued a, a, not a proclamation. What's the word I'm looking for? A resolution um, trying to get the governor and our federal leaders um, to help get these people who helped our country out of Afghanistan. And that's a major push he's making for, I don't think we've seen that in the Senate. Correct me if I'm wrong on that, Don. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could see another resolution coming out from the Senate, maybe this week. I'm not positive. That's a thing that is being discussed or is going to happen. Um, but I know it's another major issue that they're working on in my conversation with him this morning. I was telling him I had spoken with um, refugee organizations that are trying to help the people in Afghanistan come to America. And one of the things they needed was help for housing and, um, and just even like storage units for furniture that's being donated to them from people across North Carolina. And they're trying to find the funding for that. Speaker Moore told me that that funding is available through our federal agencies, but he said if North Carolina needed to step up, that was something that he would be willing to, um, deal with. And there's also something in the budget that will be helping with um, veterans and funding things like this that they need. Um, So those are some things to watch out for. But then um, we, so we're recording this on Thursday, this is coming out Monday. And the only meeting scheduled for next week that is public right now is an environmental meeting. Um, But it's actually got a lot of stuff going on in it that I would say our readers need to listen to. Um, and Adam Wagner is our environmental reporter and typically covers those meetings. So I'd follow him for that as well as, um, oh, the rioting bill. I couldn't remember what our last thing was. Um, the rioting bill that, or I guess it's anti-rioting bill that is supposed to crack down on, um, rioting and put harsher penalties in for rioting and also allow people to sue for three times the damages if they're physically injured or have, um, property damage because of a riot. Um, It passed the Senate yesterday, so Wednesday, and I'm assuming the House will take it up when they come back next week. They're done for the week this week. That was a lot of weeks I said in one time. But uh, so I'm assuming they'll pick it up next week. And then if if they do a concurrence vote, it will go to the governor. And I'm actually expecting a veto on that. I don't know about you, Dawn. That's kind of where I think it will lean. I think so. Um, I mean, and this is Speaker Moore's thing from, you know, because he lives downtown and and he talks a lot about what he saw with, um, you know, the protests and everything last summer. Yeah. And the opponents of the bill are calling it an anti uh, Black Lives Matter bill because they say that it like on its face value, it is anti rioting. But if you look at the changes they make, it will actually make it easier for protesters to be arrested. Um, They'll be held longer prior to if a magistrate or a judge isn't available for their first appearance, they can be held up to 24 hours, which is what you typically see with domestic violence or homicide cases. Um, And they think it's going to have a chilling effect on people going out and fighting for racial equity in North Carolina. 
So um, that's another bill to be on the lookout for. And otherwise, um, Don and I will probably be drinking some more caffeine all week and <laughs> try to There's figure a, out. It's concurrent season. You know, it's like the yeah. Senate session yesterday was all or Wednesday was all about, uh, you know, concurrence vote. So there, there's not a whole lot for them to do because generally they would be done if this was, yeah. you know, like I said, like this is like the normal budget process now. But if they actually had finished a budget before the fiscal year started, that would have been, you know, about two months ago. And then there would have been a big break before redistricting, um, which I, I think is what October that they'll be doing October, exactly. November. Um, but well, uh, they, they said they want to break before the fall, which kind of scares me because I'm like, are we talking or I, they said it, by fall we want to break. And I'm like, are we talking school year fall? Are we talking like fall fall? Are we talking the beginning or the end of fall? Because the end of fall is actually a lot later than we think it is. Yeah, I think first day of school to me is the first day of fall. I got out my apple and back to school decorations because I love all things holiday and seasonal decorations. It's not quite pumpkin time. But it's at least like Apple almost, Have you almost tried September time. The new Apple Starbucks drink that everyone's raving about. No, I do like making a lot of Apple stuff though. So um, <laughs> anyway, little little side note about my love of, of Apple things. So I'm kind of um, excited. I think, I mean, I th yeah, I, again, like, you know, you never know with like, but like, is the budget going to be the fall? It could even be before the technical first day of fall, which is September yeah. What, 22nd, I think. So um, so we'll see. I think, I mean, they're basically filling the space now. The rioting bill, the the critical race theory were things that, you know, the speaker and 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 Senate pro tem had said were were things that their priorities that they wanted to to get done while we're waiting on all the budget to sort out. So I don't know if there's much much left. More more concurrence votes on things, um, trying to get, get them out this session. So expect the under the dome look ahead for the next couple of weeks to be budget central because <laughs> that sounds like what we're waiting on every yep. day until the off season comes. So that's um that's what I'm calling the non non session time, the off season. So like sports, that's a sports reference, Daniel. I saw that on your Twitter. <laughs> I do not call this sports very well. I'm just making sports sports politics drinks. So. Well, I appreciate you being here to help me fill in the readers on what's going on this week. And for the News and Observer, I'm Danielle Battaglia here with Don Vaughn. Thanks for listening. For more from our politics team, subscribe to the News and Observer at newsobserver.com slash subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Under the Dome and NC Insider. And sign up for her weekly political newsletter at newsobserver.com slash newsletters. Thanks for listening.